possessing Med Device Unleashed Podcast. Your next level source for all things sales and device. Now, here's your host, Jamie Tipton. Jamie Tipton. Howdy, folks. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking to Scott Bender, Executive Vice President of Medical Sales College. Scott talked about everything under the sun when it comes to Medical Sales College, all the incredible things they offer, like job placement assistance, networking opportunities, surgical education. Of course, we had to touch on a bunch of sales stuff. It was a great conversation. Scott's a very intelligent guy. He was a joy to have on. So let's get this thing rolling. Episode six, coming in hot. How are you, my man? I'm doing great, Jamie. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for the time and coming on. This is going to be an awesome episode. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now because I've been looking forward to this. I know we've been talking kind of back and forth for a while. And again, just really excited and, and happy you guys were able to join MedDevice Unleashed today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Let's go ahead and dive right in. So Medical Sales College. Yeah. I think, and obviously LinkedIn is a big, big medium for this podcast. That's where I do a lot of the MedDevice Unleashed all the promos and things like that. And, and LinkedIn is a very powerful tool and one where medical sales college is obviously kind of at the forefront. And I've noticed you guys for a long time. And so I, this podcast is a long time coming for me. And actually, as soon as I created this podcast, Scott, I kind of pegged you guys as someone that I'd, I'd like to have on. So really excited about it. And so can you tell us a little bit about medical sales college and in particular, kind of what the advantages for students. Yeah. Would you like me to start with a little bit of a history and kind of a background? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Medical Sales College, we started in 2010. We've been 10 years now running. The company was founded by Jim Rogers. Jim was a, a former executive at Wright Medical, the lower extremity company. I met Jim in 2007. He was running Wright Medical. I was a director of sales at the time for a pharmaceutical company. We actually met at a golf outing. It's a funny story. If you know what a member guest golf tournament is, I'm not trying to digress, but we were playing in this golf tournament. I just met him and we were just talking about what we did in our careers. And it got onto the conversation about sales reps and sales training and sales performance. And we were talking about just the challenges, you know, trying to hire the right people because that's the number one thing that you'll ask any executive. What's your key to success? Hire the right person. If you can hire the right people for the job, you can eliminate a lot of problems. We were talking about that, and he was talking about how the challenges that were currently in that time in the orthopedic space and how they bring people on, a lot of people without experience, they kind of put them through the ringer. You've heard the expression, drinking through a fire hose <laughs> on the training side. And he was like, you know, it's just really frustrating. We bring people in, we put them through the grinder, and half of them would bust out. They would just, they just didn't have what it takes to be in the business. He was thinking, there's got to be a better way to do this. So before MSC even started, I knew Jim and we got to the point a couple years later in 2009, 2010, he's like, hey, you know, I see him every year at this golf tournament. So that's how I got to know Jim. And he started the business. Jim founded the company. I joined about eight months later. I'm one of the principals of the school as well. And you know, the whole genesis of Medical Sales College, there's really two clients we're serving. Obviously, we're serving the students who come to our program, who see value in really getting a solid foundation in a career that is really challenging to break into. It's a tough, demanding job. It's not for everybody. The expertise and the clinical knowledge that's needed you know, to work in the OR, to be articulate to a physician, to really put your best foot forward. I mean, 
it's a challenging business for somebody without experience to break in. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, we're not the only way you can break into business. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, obviously. But we feel like, you know, from the very beginning that we'd offer a value for someone trying to differentiate themselves versus other people. So that's one customer base that we serve, obviously. But the other base are the clients that we work with, the orthopedic and spine companies and other medical device companies who see value in working with us as well, because they like that someone's got skin in the game, that's invested in themselves, that's spent the time, money, and effort to really prepare themselves for this career. So we feel like we have a great process that not only can train people, but also prepare them to, you know, for the demands and the rigors of this job. And our clients, the companies that hire our graduates, I think they see value in what we do for them as well, because we help them make a better hire. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Scott, just kind of along the lines you just said, it's interesting because then you look at your entire breadth of people that sign up for the school and invest in themselves. And I do agree with you 100%. Like Companies are looking for employees with skin in the game. I love that you said that because I think that is a big chunk of it. And you get the people that are fresh out of college, but then also you get the people that have been working for maybe 10 years. And I've seen that and that really sparked me. And I was like, they're onto something here. They've got something because you get the whole breadth, I feel like, of potential candidates for people. Yeah, we do. And we're also a licensed regulated college. We're regulated by the states that we operate in and we're approved by the VA to train veterans. And so I know a lot of the medical device companies, that's one of their priorities is hiring military veterans if they can. So we're proud to serve that community as well. Okay. I didn't know that. And that's awesome. So you guys are approved to serve that community. Yeah, that's a major thing. So job placement. We just kind of talked about, you know, hey, this is your mission and what you guys and kind of the story behind it. I think the most intriguing thing, or at least one of them for me, is you guys are very efficient on the back end with graduates and your job placement. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, from the very beginning, we knew we had to be different than a traditional college. So a traditional university is not prepared to place graduates into jobs, right? I mean, Ohio State University, Florida State, people are coming there with so many different degrees, right? Or getting so many different degrees. It's just really it's impossible for a traditional university to do job placement, okay? But because we're focused in a very narrow sector of the economy, we're in a really small, small, narrow section. And we knew from the beginning, just providing our students with world-class education without them obtaining employment was not going to work. You know, you can go to college, get your degree and become a bartender. No one's upset at the university. If all our students became bartenders, we would be out of business. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We had to focus our efforts on the job placement from the very beginning. That's been critical function of what we do here at the Medical Sales College. So we place a lot of emphasis on that. So how do you guys exactly do it? Can we dive a little bit deeper into that? Your job placement, you guys have, it looks like from, I did some homework, it looks like you guys have kind of career advisors. Is our whole team of people, what do they do? Yeah, we have 14 people on our staff that support our students in different functions. I guess I can start from the beginning in 2010. So we were a new business. No one knew who we were. And so from the very beginning, it was about educating the industry, right? The major orthopedic companies that are out there as far as who we were, what we do, and how we can partner with them. We've made the process really simple for employers, unlike a traditional recruiter. And I think recruiters serve a great need. There's a lot of medical device recruiters out there, and I think they serve a great need for the right type of candidate. We decided to position ourselves a little differently because most of our students are not taking over $3 million territories, right? They're taking those associate rep entry-level positions and proving themselves in that role so that they can have the opportunity to make 
a very good living, right? Once they prove themselves. So we're just providing an opportunity for someone to kind of break into the business. And so that was our value proposition to our clients on the job side was like, look, you can work with us. You can get someone trained, prepared, ready to go. They've got a solid foundation. And unlike a recruiter, we're not going to charge you a fee. We're not a recruiting firm, but we do a lot of things like recruiters to help assist our graduates as far as, you know, getting their resume up to speed, networking them with employers. We have a website where we have employers who have signed up. It's a free service for them. So we have over 1,900 employers across the United States, individuals who hire in this space, signed up on our website to view our candidate profiles, like our graduates. That's awesome. We're like making the connection is what I guess is the bridge between our employer and our students. Scott, you guys do a great job with your graduates on the videos they make. I'm assuming that you guys are doing some LinkedIn coaching. Yeah. You guys have essentially almost, in my opinion, become LinkedIn experts. I appreciate you recognizing that. We spend a lot of time talking to our students about the power of LinkedIn. And I agree with you, Jamie. LinkedIn is a tremendous resource if you know how to use LinkedIn properly. No doubt about it. So you guys do a nice job there. And you touched on one point, and I actually, earlier today, I saw an article on this, networking. I can't tell you enough how important networking is. And we were talking before the podcast about networking and its importance. I mean, it's played a major, major role in my life, not just my career. And I'm just a big proponent to build a strong network. And the medical sales college, man, you graduate from there. There's a strong, I don't know if anybody's hopped on and looked, but the medical sales college has a massive alumni following on LinkedIn. And just you immediately kind of connect and you're in this group of people that have graduated since 2010. I mean, that's 10 years of classes. How many total classes have you guys done? Do you know? That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) We have each of our classes is by a class number. And I don't know if we started at zero, but we're in the 400s now. So I'm not exactly sure if we started at zero or at 100, but we're in like class 470, 475. We're in that range right now. All right. So ballpark 475. What's your average number of students per class? That depends on the campus location. You know, you got to think about early on when we started, I remember we had some classes with two, three people in it. I mean, for years, (laughs) I think the first year we trained 80 people the entire year, 80 or 90 people. And we were just in Denver. We were just in the Denver campus. Now we have locations throughout the United States. Our average class size is between 12 and 15. That's the normal class size. Yeah, that's a good size too. When I say good size, you can still get personal, right? I mean, once you start to get in like the 30, 35 people, you're getting pretty big at that point, in my opinion. We try to keep the sizes between 12 and 15. I mean, some classes are more than that. Some classes are a little less, but I'd say now most of our classes are getting to that point where we're pretty full on all of our classes. Okay, let's talk about almost the training regiment, so to speak. Let's just say I'm a student, gave you guys the tuition, I'm coming in. Where am I going, you know, day one through day whatever? Yep. Our typical program is 12 weeks long, Jamie. It's a 12-week long program where you get trained in two major specialty areas. So we train in four, well, actually we train in five areas. So we train in uh, total joint reconstruction and trauma, which is hip and knee arthroplasty, total shoulder arthroplasty. We have a program in sports medicine where you learn the ins and outs of common sports medicine injuries and procedures and how to repair those. We have a program in upper and lower extremity. And we have a spine program. So our 12-week program consists of two of those specialty areas, right? So like, for example, here in Denver, we train in reconstruction trauma and spine, right? In Houston, we do sports medicine and total joint reconstruction. 
So different campuses, campus locations across the country, you get different training in those areas. Is it a possibility if I'm a student to kind of combine some? So they pick two. What chooses a student's choice of a campus, I mean, there's a lot of things, right? So if I live in Atlanta or if I live in Houston, I guess Houston's a probably better example. If I live in Houston, that's sports medicine and recon trauma. If you want to get trained in spine, you'll have to go to another location. So some people choose to take the course based on the convenience of the location where they live, right? Not having to move somewhere else for 12 weeks. Other people are really focused in the area that they want to get trained in. So how it works is the first two weeks are online. The first week we do what's called professional rep certification. It's the ins and outs of what it means to be a device rep, right? So we teach everything like what's materials management, what's SPD, what's a nurse circulator do, right? What are these different people in the hospital that you're going to interact with? What are their functions? How to work in an operating room, right? (laughs) What to do, right? Don't touch the blue paper, (laughs) things like that. Right. Stand here. Don't stand here. So that first week is kind of giving them the guts of what the job is like. We spend a week on biologics where they get to learn about biologics and the role of biologics in surgery. So all of our 12-week classes get a week in biologics, which is really, really good because, I mean, we think that's just an added like bonus for our students. Bio is one of those things that it's up and coming. It's been up and coming for years, right? So our students get a week in that and then they dive in to their specialty area. So they have four weeks each of their specialty area. There's a week of sales training. We do labs as well where they get hands-on experience, obviously. And then the last week of the program, we spend some time on networking, right? How to use LinkedIn properly, get their resume up to speed, talk about how to interview well for this job, right? The types of things that you should put together, how you should present yourself, all that stuff. And so we feel when our students graduate at the end of that 12 weeks, they're really well prepared to interview well, make a positive impression, really seal the deal toward getting that first step in the career. Scott, that's the full gamut. I mean, that's a five-course meal right there. (laughs) <laughs> a medical device. I mean, that's soup to nuts. That's really impressive. I especially like that last week. It all sounds awesome. But that last week where you dive into, hey, here's how you interview and hey, here's how you prepare your LinkedIn and here's what they're looking for. Here are the qualities they're looking for. And hey, let's make a video. I mean, I see that you have your graduates make almost kind of introductory videos on who they are right? as candidates. I'm sure that the companies you all work with really appreciate that. They can pick people out left and right on kind of what they're looking for and what might fit their, you know, whatever team they're hiring. The video is a part of their profile that I talked about that website. So our students, you know, they create a profile just like you would do at LinkedIn, right? Where you would create a professional profile about yourself, where you have information about a potential employer. We've kind of done that, you know, their resume, is available for view, a bio. They answer some interview questions. They have the video, Jamie, that you mentioned. And so an employer can, they can say, hey, I need somebody in Arkansas. They click on Arkansas. You can see our students there. They can click on a student's profile, take a look at the student, reach out to them, contact them, interview them, hire them, no cost to employer. I want to do a quick rewind. And I want to talk about where you said they're going to choose your special. So you guys do in the spine, you have the ortho reconstruction, the biologics. And you had mentioned that biologics is kind of a hot thing. Also very hot interventional pain space as well. Sure. So let's talk about that for a second, because I was wondering as you were talking, okay, I think I have an idea what the most popular one would be. And then biologics, you said, is kind of an add-in. Do you see some of your students, because biologics, that is the wave of the future. Do you see some of your students wanting to spend more than a week in biologics? So that's a really good question. We actually have an online program too. It's eight weeks. Most of our campus, it's all 12 weeks. You know, it's, It's on campus, right? We know that some people can't train 
and spent, you know, the entire time physically on the campus. Some people have careers, family obligations. So we do have an online program that's eight weeks that's dedicated strictly to biologics. And we have quite a few people that are interested in that program. Now, that program is geared toward biologics, so they don't get the hardware training, right? So if someone wants to really get trained on hip and knee, they're not going to really get that in the online program. But you do get really specialized training in the biologics, you know, their role in surgery. And, you know, there's a lot of biologics companies out there, and most of the major orthopedic and spine companies, you know, have their own biologics lines as well. Yeah, I am a big fan of biologics. I mean, in all the physicians I work with, everybody is kind of not that they're totally gearing the practices towards that because it's, again, it's still an up and coming thing, but you can definitely tell. I mean, that's the wave and it's, it's coming pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So as far as training, I'm sitting here wondering, it sounds like you guys are covering a lot of bases with the training. I mean, in my opinion, every base that needs to be covered is covered. My next question is who's covering these bases? How are you guys choosing the trainers? Who are your trainers and, you know, how qualified are they? So we seek individuals, obviously, who've had success in this career. Most of our trainers have spent 20 years in the industry in either a sales capacity, a management capacity, or a training capacity. And so, I mean, if you looked at the combined experience that we have from our instructors, it's it's hundreds and hundreds of years. I wish I could tell you off the top of my head, I, I should have prepared for this better as far as the amount of instructors that we have, the total amount. I don't know the exact number, but I know we have, you know, 12, 13, 14 instructors. I'm, I wish I could take the exact number. No, to you're you. okay. But, you know, we have instructors that are in their specialty area, right? We have people that are uh, focused in each of their specialty areas that have spent years in their specialty area. And again, not to kind of throw you off there, Scott, I just was curious. I know you guys have a bunch of instructors. Obviously, you guys have a ton of locations. So you guys started in Denver and then it looks like you got one in Charlotte, one in Chicago, one in Houston, San Diego. Sarasota, Dallas, Phoenix. Where's the next move? Where are you guys <laughs> going to move the chess piece next for medical sales college, man? That's a great question. I mean, we're looking as we see demand. We'd like to be, you know, in a lot of locations across the country. I mean, there's a lot of things that drive that, right? But we'd like to be in a lot of different locations. Like I'm thinking off the top of my head, one of the areas, I'm not making any commitments, but like the Pacific Northwest, right? You know, I can see us a need for having something up there, right? Something in the Northeast. And so, we're trying to strategically decide where we're going to open up locations. And like any business, you got to take a look at the logistics of that, the travel for your existing team, commercial space, right, to rent space and all that other stuff. A lot of factors go into that, but we're not done. <laughs> Started in Denver. We have plans to expand to other locations across the country. That's for sure. Trust me, I don't doubt it. So COVID, I'm curious on how that's affected. You just talk about demand. I'm just wondering, have you guys seen almost increased demand since COVID kind of, I know it hasn't been around for that long. I mean, when I say that long, it's been four or five months now, but how has the college kind of traversed that? I know you guys are wearing masks in there and everything like that. I guess my real question is, have you guys seen increased demand, a little bit of decreased demand? Where are you guys at in terms of kind of the COVID period? So I think some people, some of our students who have enrolled have taken this opportunity during the pandemic. Maybe they were downsized with their company. Maybe they were, you know, they just were looking for a a new opportunity or a new chance. So yes, we've seen demand for our education during the pandemic. We've not really seen a drop off in demand for what we do. I think people see the value long term in this career. All of us are going through some short term pain. The coronavirus is serious and it is something that none of us could have predicted that we would have the situation here. But I'm confident that this is not going to be the permanent United States of America, right? We are going to get through this together. And on the other side of this, I think we're going to be a better country. 
I think we're going to be a better industry. And I think uh, some of our students see that opportunity now that, hey, I can take some time to get prepared because the orthopedic industry, as far as the future, is very bright. Yeah. I mean, the orthopedic industry, I mean, that's turnkey. I mean, that industry is not going anywhere. And the baby boomers continue to get older. And that's going to be a need for a lifetime. Yeah. The baby boomers, one thing, Jamie, it's not just the baby boomers, but we're an obese society. You see so many things that are tied to obesity, right? Heart disease, diabetes, so many other underlying comorbidities that obesity leads to, right? And a lot of people don't think about the pressure that added weight has on the orthopedic system. Yeah, I can tell you what, 30 years ago, it was unheard of for a 40-year-old man to get a knee replacement. I mean, it just didn't happen. Yeah, it happens today. Yeah, and it's because there's a lot of people that are overweight. And so, yes, the baby boomers are a driver, but there's also other factors that are contributing to that growth. You've also got the weekend warriors out there tearing their Achilles and their ACLs and things like that. I don't see the fitness phase fading (laughs) anytime soon. So you've got a lot of factors that are driving the growth. Have you guys ever thought about expanding outside of ortho and biologics? That's a great question. I was anticipating you're going to ask me that one. We have talked about it, Jamie. We really have. And, you know, I think we're like any business. We want to make sure that we execute the way we need to execute, that we meet the expectations of our students and that we put out a high quality product. And so, yes, we know that there are other areas that we could potentially get into down the road. Right now, we feel like we're in a good space. And we feel like we've got some more room to do here, I guess, is what I'm trying to tell you. There's there's a lot of still unmet demand here in this space. But yeah, we've thought about other areas. Well said, Scott. I'm with you on that. I mean, I'm sure you guys have. I mean, obviously, smart business people and you know, medical device, ortho is a big part of it. But there's, I'm sure you're aware, and I'm sure Jim's aware, and your other leaders are aware, there's some very quickly growing specialties outside of ortho. There's some other people in this space outside of orthopedics that do a very good job in training. You know, Prep MD in Boston, they do a great job for their area, right? In the cardiac rhythm management. I don't know if you're familiar with Prep MD, but they do a great job in their space. It's more of a clinical, they're training you for more of a clinical role, but there's certainly a need for this type of training. And I think us being around for 10 years has kind of validated that. I had no idea. Prep MD, so they're preparing people to get into the cardiac space? Yeah, on the pacemaker side. Oh, I had no idea. I'll have to check them out. Also, I wanted to ask it's advice time, Scott. What advice do you would you give a potential student that may be thinking about going down the avenue of going to medical sales college? You know, they're on the fence. Is this going to be the right move for me? Like, what would your advice to them be? I'm the first to tell anybody our process works, but it's not for everybody. So I know that other people, I know you can get in the business. We talked about networking, right? And so there's other ways you can get into the business. Most of the students that come to our program, they have tried to break into the business for months, some maybe even years. They've applied to jobs and they've done networking and they've talked to people. They're just not getting anywhere. I would tell a student, first and foremost, they've got to be passionate about this career. They've got to be passionate about sales as a career. Let's face it, Jamie, this is a sales job. A lot of people focus on the clinical stuff. They say, wow, that'd be really great to work in the operating room side by side with the surgeon. It's like, well, you're not going to get in the OR unless you make a sale. Very true. You've got to be a sales rep first and foremost, and you've got to have a passion for sales. You got to have a passion for this industry. You have to have a passion for knowledge and learning because there's so much to learn, right? In this industry, and you're learning something new every day. I think that would be the first thing. The second thing is someone's got to understand the time demands of this job. This is not, you know, banker hours. I'm not trying to offend any retail bankers out there, but this is not a nine to five job, as you know, Jamie. 
This is a 12-hour day, 14-hour day sometimes, sometimes, you know, 16 hours. The day ends when you got everything done. And if it's 8 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock, that's when the day ends. Not everyone can do that. Not everyone wants that lifestyle. So I think those are the things that I would talk to a student about is making sure they're really passionate about this career and that they really understand the demands of the job because they want they see the people making a lot of money in this business. And if you're successful, you can have a very rewarding career financially here. However, the people that do that, they work their tail off. They work their tail off to get to that level. And so we want to make sure people understand that. You're not going to just jump in and making 150 grand a year from day one. You got to work toward that. No, I'm looking at your website, Scott. Average base salary, $92,634. Average bonus commission, $98,186. I mean, we're talking about 180000 plus average total compensation. That's for established reps though, right? That's for med reps. That's the survey that they surveyed existing reps and said, hey, tell us about your compensation. Yes. So that's the opportunity for you, but you're not going to start there. No. Hopefully you're going to build there. <laughs> you're not starting at 180000 as an associate, but that's the goal. And I love what you just said. And you got me a little fired up about the sales portion of it, Scott, to be honest, because if you don't have a passion for sales, that's where it starts. Absolutely. I'm sure that you have people come in to the classes and no doubt they're in it for probably two weeks and they may say, this isn't for me. Does that happen? You know, it does. It doesn't happen often because I think we do a pretty good job of screening people on the front end, but it does happen. We've had people come in and they say, you know what? I don't think surgery is for me after coming through the program. We've had a couple of students over the years that said, you know, actually coming through the medical sales college made me want to become a physician. And so I'm actually going to go to medical school now. So it does happen. But I think what you're seeing in the industry as well, you're seeing some clinical specialist roles that some of our students have taken as well. So it's more of that technical role, not so much a sales role. That could be an entryway into the industry as well. Yeah, that's a great entryway. You know, my one thing with the clinical specialist, and this isn't downplaying any clinicals because what they do is amazing. But sometimes you get the people that break in as not the associate, but the clinical specialist, Scott, and they'll do that for two years. And that's awesome. Those people are needed and you got to have them to have the business run smoothly. But a lot of times that clinical person wants to move into a sales role and they weren't a sales associate. They were a clinical. If you're going to be a clinical, you got to be 100% in on the clinical side and never want to go to the sales side because you're doing very little quote unquote sales. Yeah. We've had some of our students come through that have seen an opportunity like that and decided that that in hindsight might have been the best role for them personally. You know, sales is not for everybody. As you know, it takes a certain kind of personality. You got to have certain qualities. You know, you got to be have thick skin. You've heard them all. And so it's not for everybody, right? But for those people that really have a passion for sales, I mean, they think that is number one. I talk to so many people like, oh man, I'd love to be in the OR. And I always tell them, you're not going to get in unless you make a sale. <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice. Are you guys giving any personality tests, Scott? You just talked a little bit about personality. My girlfriend actually recently, she took a personality test for work and then she made me take it. But I thought it was interesting. And I don't know if you guys are doing that at Medical Sales College. No, we're not doing that on the front end in, in our screening. I know a lot of the employing partners that we work with, they have those kind of personality screening assessments. And so that's usually at their end. We're not evaluating that on the front side of it. I really think it's cool that you guys do the hands-on training. And I want to get into that in a minute. But also wanted to ask, and I know I'm asking these little side questions, so to speak, but do you guys do mock interviews? Yes. Excellent. I love that. And so here's the thing is that I can't predict everyone's interview process, obviously, right? But there are certain things that 
I think every person interviewing for a medical device job is probably going to get certain types of questions. So we kind of help our students prepare for the ones that they probably are going to get. We can't anticipate all of them, but you know, we don't tell them what to say. We just give them an idea of the types of things that they should relate to the job, right? So modern job interviewing is all about, hey, here's what I've done in the past that relates to the job. So we just want to get them thinking about that. I agree with you 1,000%. And presentation skills, I feel like, are something else that your students come away with. Mm -hmm. Because I do know that you guys do some sales presentation type situations. I guess it's almost like they're a graduating thing, if I'm not mistaken. But they give a whole presentation on whatever whatever knee replacement or whatever they want, right? I guess they do some research. Do you guys grade that out if they don't do well there? Do people come to the school? Obviously, you guys get everybody to graduate. But you guys probably have some rigorous things in place to make sure that you're graduating very competent and high performers, so to speak, to be able to get out there and drive the number for companies? Well, we're a school. And as a licensed regulated school, we have tests, we grade. Our students are graded on lots of different things, not only on the written test, but also on sales presentations, product presentations, the things that you just described. Yes, we're like any school. You're going to have people that score very, very well, and you're going to have other people that don't score as well, right? It's like any school. So when you guys got accredited I mean, is that a pretty long process to get kind of accredited, be a collegiate, almost like a college institution? You use the word accredited. We are licensed and regulated. Got it. Schools get an accreditation when they want to be eligible for Title IV, like federal funds, like federal student financing. We're not involved in that. The accreditation process is out of control to do that. I mean, we're a small company. We made a decision 10 years ago that we weren't going to go for that, but we're licensed and regulated in the states that we operate in. Got it. Nice. I'm getting a little education here on education. (laughs) I like it. All right. So you guys are licensed. You know, we touched on a bunch of different things during the course of this podcast. I kind of want to get back to baseline here and just talk about you for a second, Scott. What's your dream job? If you weren't doing what you're doing today, because I know you love what you do, what would you be doing? Well, that's a great question. I love music. None of us can go to live concerts now, right? Unfortunately, but I love live music. It's funny, early on when I was a younger person, I thought, man, I could be a concert promoter. I would really love to do that and go to live shows. That would be one. I'm not good enough to be a professional golfer. I play golf, just not good enough. So that would be number two. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. Music promoter, professional golfer. Very good. Scott, we're almost out of time on this podcast, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, speaking with you, learning about the Medical Sales College learning about the advantages you guys provide the students. I think that what you guys are doing over there is just beyond phenomenal. And it's great for our industry. It's great for the students. It's great for the employers. Great for everybody all the way around. So I applaud you guys on everything you're doing. Continue to do it. I look forward to watching medical sales colleges continue to grow. It looks like you guys are growing like a weed. I mean, it's every other day, I feel like you guys are opening in a new city. Well, Jamie, I appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you on the podcast tonight. I really appreciate the invite. I was really enjoyed talking to you. Before we go, can you tell the listeners a little bit about where they can maybe find you, find Medical Sales College, get more information, that type of thing? Sure. Our website, obviously, we're medicalsalescollege.com. That's pretty simple to remember. We're on you know all the social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. You know, If someone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm there. I'd be glad to connect with you. Awesome. Scott, have a great night and have a great weekend. And I'm sure we'll have you back on soon. All right, Jamie. Thank you for the time. Take care. 